Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. (laughs) Well, good evening. Good evening. How are you all doing today? Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Well, I want to welcome you, especially if you are new or just recently attending our church. We're really glad you're here. And if you're online this morning, welcome. We're glad to have you. My name is Heather, and I am one of the pastors here. And it's just really great to be here with you this evening. We're continuing our series again. Um, last week, we had that amazing interview with Christopher and Denise Meyer. And this week, we're continuing our series called The God Who Leads. We've been looking at five different ways that God leads us. And so far, we've looked at commanding scripture and compelling spirit. And tonight, we're looking at the counsel of the saints. And then next week, we'll be looking at common sense and circumstantial signs. And like I said, we've also already looked at commanding scripture. Andrew talked about that the first week. And we see that scripture really is a foundation for all the other kinds of ways that God can lead us. And then we also see what Michael taught uh, two weeks ago was on the compelling spirit, reminding us that it's through the Holy Spirit that God guides us, that he leads us and is with us. And like I said tonight, we're looking at the council of the saints. But when you hear that word saints, I, I don't want you to think of Um, something too religious, I want you to actually just think of just ordinary Christians. That's what we mean by the Council of the Saints. That's one of the ways that God leads us is through other people, through other people. So the more significant the issue in our lives, whatever issue we're facing, decision, or a season of life, the greater need for counsel and confirmation from the Lord. When we are trying to make a decision about where to go for dinner tonight, (laughs) other than maybe avoiding 71, uh, that's not really a decision that we need to weigh heavily or agonize about, right? You know, that's not necessarily, we're not worried about making the wrong decision. Uh, But if you are deciding, like, whether or not to move, to relocate to a different city, Uh, maybe a new job opportunity or the person you're dating, whether or not to pop the question. I mean, these are the significant decisions in our lives that we should consider a little bit differently, just a little bit. (laughs) If we don't, we, we don't want it to just be confirmed in one way. We want there to be a lot of ways, especially through the counsel of people that we respect, and, and not after we've already made the decision, but actually through the process, during the process. And that way, we actually have greater confidence and peace in moving forward with that decision. Some of you may not know this about me, but Adam and I, actually my husband and I, almost moved to Amsterdam a couple years into our marriage. We, uh, if you know us, we have a real heart for Europe especially Germany, and God had gripped our hearts at that time for a church plant that was happening there, and and so we had really no reason to move, but we were willing to see if what we were sensing was from the Lord. And circumstantially, 
It looked like, as we went through the process, like a total go. I mean, every single door we tried in the process opened. And after two years, <laughs> two years of walking through the process of all the different things we had to do to see if we could be on that work-study team with that church plant, we realized there were a few things that weren't really lining up. And so uh, first we realized right away that, you know, Scripture, it says something about um, taking on too much debt. And I, as we started talking about it more with some of the trusted and respected leaders and family members in our life, we were getting the same counsel. They were really pushing back on the amount of money it would take for us to live in Amsterdam and to go to school there because, you see, we actually got accepted into master's programs there already, but the amount of money that it takes to go to school overseas is incredibly high. Uh, so much more than it is going to school here in the States. And we knew God could totally provide the money, right? We had faith, he could do it. Um, but up to that point, what it had been two years, nothing had opened up and we knew we couldn't move or make this huge move without him making it extremely clear. And it was, it was a really hard thing to wrestle with because we had obviously invested so much of our personal time, so much of our hearts into this. We had actually visited the church plant over in Amsterdam and we had developed these amazing connections with, with the people there and God had faithfully opened door after door after door. But this last door, which was financial provision, did not open. So in the end, we decided not to go not to go, and it was one of the hardest things that Adam and I have ever had to say no to. And it's still a little hard to tell that story, even 10 years later. Looking back, though, I see, I see so much more of what the Lord was doing in that season for our lives. And of course, I still have a real heart for Europe, but I am so incredibly grateful for the wise counsel in our lives during that hard season. You see, mature counsel is actually a really objective way to hear from God. Did you know that? It's, it's a way that, that's been provided for us um, that when you actually talk to someone who's unbiased, who's mature and grounded, and, and you seek counsel from people that don't just want to make you feel good, right? They're, they're not the, the kind of friend that just tells you what you want to hear, but they're the true friend who speaks truth with gentleness and love. And, and, and even though it might not be what we want to hear, that's the kind of counsel that the Lord really wants in our lives. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs, not the whole thing, but here and there, we're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs and, and what it has to say about this topic of wise counsel. And if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, Solomon, the King Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived, he wrote most of the book of Proverbs, and he actually has more to say about seeking wisdom and direction than anyone else in the Bible. I mean, he is the wisest man, and yet he said it was imperative that we ask for outside assistance from others. So when you read the book of Proverbs, this theme of counsel is everywhere. It's everywhere. So we're going to look at first just simply what counsel is. I think it's a great place to start. And then we're gonna look at uh, where we get it. So where do we get this kind of counsel? And then how or what's needed to receive it? What's needed to receive it? 
Now, as always, I just want to open us up uh, with a word of prayer, um, just by inviting the Lord's presence to be with us tonight. Let's pray. God, we do. We just pause and we ask for your Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, come. We just welcome your presence and your peace. Would you let all of us, let me, even those that are watching online this morning, to be attuned to your loving voice? Would you quiet our hurried hearts and would you turn our attention to you today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as I said, we're going to be jumping around in the book of Proverbs um, quite a bit, so feel free to follow along on the screens or you could use uh, your mobile devices. Um, there are actually 90 occurrences of the word counsel in the Bible, and we're going to look at all of them tonight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not all of them. 80 of them are actually found in the Old Testament, and in Proverbs alone, the word counsel is found in different forms, in its different forms, about 20 times. So first off, what is counsel? The word, or the most common word used for counsel in Proverbs is saw. And it's a Hebrew word, eitzah, and it means to advise, to consult, or to resolve things like a conflict. For example, the first actual occurrence of the word counsel in the Bible is way back with Moses in Exodus 18, and and it's Jethro, the Midianite, who was Moses' father-in-law, and he actually says to Moses, after seeing kind of what he's been doing with the Israelites, he says, Guy, I'm going to give you some counsel here, and God is going to be with you. And he does. It's a beautiful interaction of this wise elder in Moses' life who knows him and, and sees that what he's doing is not sustainable at all. And so he counsels him with some really practical and wise advice. And it actually, essentially, it saves Moses from burnout. And this is the first account that we see in Scripture of a council, of counsel going like this. What we see as counsel or advice is such an incredibly crucial step, isn't it? A crucial step in gaining wisdom and making wise decisions. In Proverbs 19.20, it says, Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Now, for a moment, I think it's worth pausing, and think about for yourself, who do you get advice from? Who is it that you get advice from? When you're facing a major decision in your life or you're struggling through something, what do you or who do you turn to for counsel? And think about the decisions, those big decisions you've made in your past. Who did you check it with? And who did you run it by? For some of us, we just Google it, right? <laughs> we just Google it, because we're curious, we want to know the facts, and we do. We look, we research, and, and we look at the pros and cons, or, or maybe you turn to your family. Maybe that's where you turn, is to your parents or, or to your friends. Where we turn to in crisis and in those big decisions of life really, really matters. It matters because it affects our lives in so many different ways, doesn't it? So many different ways. There are a lot of decisions where we really do need godly, wise counsel. And yet, and yet, I'd say for the reality for most of us is that we live life like we're completely alone, don't we? If we're honest, we have little to no wise counsel in our lives. And when we start looking, we're like, huh, I don't think I do have many people I ask. And I was researching, just out of curiosity, but I was researching the number of trusted friends that people have on average throughout 
America, just throughout our nation. I was really shocked that within the last couple years, not decades, but years, it's gone from 3.2 friends to 1.8 friends. That means friendship across our nation has been cut in half within a very short amount of time. I even read a, re- a recent estimate that 40% of American adults have zero to one confidant. 40% literally have little to no one to talk to, to process their pain with, to even talk about all that happened over the last year and a half. No one to talk to. And, and I think one of the reasons for this, and, and maybe just because I've been reading about it recently, is, is something called tribalism. And tribalism, it's based not on mutual love, not what brings you together on, with mutual love, but on mutual hate. That's what it's about. Not on what you are for, but what you are against. And in fact, I would argue that tribes in, the, in and of themselves aren't bad, but the tribalism today is way different. It's really different because it's mixed with this radical individualism, right, <laughs> in our culture. And it's exacerbated by the digital age that we live in, where for a growing, growing number of people, their only source of community is online. It's online. And that is where people are finding their identity and their sense of self and and their sense of self-worth and their advice. Their advice, not from real-life relationships. I mean, if this last year has taught us anything, amen? is that we are created for real community, (laughs) real community to be known and and to know people face-to-face in relationship and and not these pseudo-communities in our digital age and and with social media. Those are only pseudo-communities. God has made it so clear throughout Scripture, so clear that we cannot fulfill the purposes for our lives in isolation. We just can't. You can no longer be a lone ranger in your Christian life and actually end well. We need each other, and we need each other's advice. We need wise counsel. So where do we get this wise counsel from? I think the first place we get this wise counsel obviously is from the Lord, and I think it's just worth stopping here first because I think it's essential that we turn to God first before we run to people. I think that is a great just way to kind of check and balance yourself is, am I running to God first with this concern or decision and then checking it with my community? And I think that's really important. And in Psalm 32, 8, it says, I will instruct you, the Lord says, and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I love that. When we run to God first, he will then use others to confirm what he's saying. I I would say scripture and honestly wise counsel are some of the ways that I have learned to hear and recognize the voice of God in my life. It's through those ways. And, And I think it's important to also remember here that ultimately our decisions are between us and God. They're our responsibility at the end of the day. We cannot shift that responsibility onto others, especially when things go wrong. (laughs) We can't do that. God provides others to help you with your decisions, but they are not there to make your decisions. 
You always want to deeply weigh the advice of respected believers because that is God's way of confirming His guidance in your life. And then the second way, or the second place that we get wise counsel is through professionals. Any counselors in the room? <laughs> Any therapists or psychologists? This is you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. <laughs> because this is the word that is used here in Proverbs. It's actually the word ya'atz, and it means counselor. And it's a noun, and it means one who advises and gives counsel, one who deliberates or consults in a professional sense. In the Old Testament, it's used for people who would give advice to someone who is responsible for making a really important decision, like a leader or a king. And we see a really great example of this, and I have to highlight it. In 1 Kings 12, has anyone ever heard of Rehoboam? He's actually Solomon's son. He's Solomon's son, and, and he wanted to know what decision to make at the, the early part of his reign about uh, taxing the people. And so he asked two different groups. He asked the elders who had served his late father, wise men that had walked before him, and they gave him really sound, wise advice, which he didn't like. So he then turned to the young advisors, which are probably just his friends, and they told him exactly what he wanted to hear, and that, of course, is what he did. And what it ended up doing is completely dividing the nation of Israel in half. Talk about a successful reign. <laughs> Because of that decision, Israel from that moment forward was split into two. So here we have this picture of these counselors whose duty it is to give good advice in a professional setting. And there have been many times in my life, and I'm sure in your life as well, where you have seen a counselor, a professional counselor. I have, uh, or a spiritual director, or, or a life coach, all of which I think I've seen at some point in my life. And, and to this day, I remember some of the things that they said to me because I was walking through really hard seasons that, were, that actually were really formative in my life because I had someone to walk along with. I believe this also applies to those in our lives who've, who's, who God has given authority to, whether our parents, if we still live at home, or, or maybe our spouses or church leaders. In Proverbs 15:22, it says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Now, this doesn't mean that we just start asking everybody we know what they think, but it means that we have to have a couple trusted leaders or professionals that know us, and when they start saying the same thing, that has a lot of weight to it. Now, the third place that we get wise counsel is from the saints. It's from the ordinary, our ordinary Christian brothers and sisters. And did you know that you and I are actually meant to be wise counselors for one another? That's actually part of our role in community, and not just professional setting. This is for all of us, because all of us have relationships And sometimes we are asked to offer wise advice. Paul actually says in Romans, in Romans 15:14, he says, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourself are full of goodness, full, filled with the knowledge and competency to instruct one another. And in 1 Thessalonians 5:11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now, this can be your community and your close friends, right? Both are actually words that are used in Proverbs for the saints. The first word that we see is the word sowed, 
And it's a Hebrew word that means an intimate form of counseling, a confidential counseling, a one-on-one or with a small group, not done in a professional setting. This is so much less formal than the more professional counseling that we can see. It's on a personal level. It's usually the community that you live in, of family and friends, the people in your life that are trustworthy. These are the people you tell how you're really doing, like how you're really doing. (laughs) And these are people that you're honest and you're real with. And this should be what community looks like, right? I mean, at least what we hope. And maybe this is for you, your small group, where you guys are, you know one another, you trust one another, you're there for one another. You know, recently I asked for prayer in my small group about a pretty significant decision that I needed to make. And, and I was so incredibly blessed by the words of encouragement as they prayed for me. I mean, God used my little tiny community in my home to help me with that decision, even if they didn't know all the specifics about what was going on. When we seek out counsel in our communities, we should be looking for people that are unbiased. We should be looking for people that we respect because they live lives of integrity. And and not that they're perfect by any means, but they practice what they preach. They actually do it. They've lived the advice that they're giving you. They've lived it. John Maxwell says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and then shows the way. And so is a good counselor. You know, for us younger ones in the room, I think this is especially important, really important. You have mentors in your life that have lived life well who are farther down the road than you are. And do you really let them in your life? Or do you just pick and choose what you share with them? Do you actually have people who know you that are older than you or just more mature than you? And then for the more mature ones in the room, no one ever gets to a place where we no longer need wise counsel, right? Right? Yeah? Uh, You can teach a dog new tricks, right? An old dog new tricks. We always have something to learn, a new perspective to gain. But can I say this? You also have so much You have so much to give. Like, there's weight on these words as I say them. Like, there's so much that you have to give. And if you're older, please do not shrink back, especially when you're here. Especially when you're here, because we need you. We need your perspective, and we need your wisdom. Can I just say for myself, this is one of the reasons why I love this church so much, is because we are multi-generational. And it is such a credible gift and a rare treasure, really, to have these days. You know, one of the great advantages of being a part of the body of Christ is that we're with people of all sorts of backgrounds and and all sorts of life stages and all sorts of experiences. Church should not be full of people just like you. Amen? (laughs) Come on. But diverse and multi-generational and kingdom-centered. There is almost nothing more significant in determining the course of your life than your decision about who your community is, who you rub shoulders with. The path you travel down in life has everything to do, the people that you're doing life with. And this is why here at VCDC, we stress the involvement of small groups. So much. Do you notice it's a value? It's a big value here. <laughs> it's a really big value. In Proverbs 13, 20, it says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. 
You know, there's one last term for counsel in the book of Proverbs that I want to look at. And, and if I'm honest, part of me didn't want to look at that, this one tonight because it's a hard one. But when I said, you know, the saints can be full of, you know, people like your, your community, but also your close friends, this is what it's talking about. And it's the Hebrew word takbolos, and it means to manage or direct or steer something by putting a rope around it. <laughs> okay, anyone get the humor in this? This is weird. Okay, this idea is that you have to put a rope around a stubborn animal, and that's the way that you direct the animal, by pulling and tugging on it in the desired location. <laughs> This is someone in your life that you've given the right to tell it to you straight, right? It's those people. It's those people. These are your close friends. These are the ones you've given that rope to because you know you need it. And no one can just take that rope, nor should they. It is something freely given. And yet, it is still not easily done, is it? It is so not easy because we all get defensive. I'm the queen of defensive. <laughs> when we feel cornered and controlled and critiqued at all. Naturally, our flight or flight reflexes start to kick in because we have all, let's just be honest, been hurt by people that have been too critical, that have judged us harshly, that have controlled us, that have hurt us and even abused our trust. Why would we willingly let someone have the right to counsel or control us? What? But if they are a trusted friend, a trusted friend who really does want your best, then we are so much better off when we have that trusted friend, when that trusted friend can and is honest with us about our decisions, our attitudes, and our behaviors because we all have blind spots, and that's why we need each other. That's why we need each other. In Proverbs 27, five through six, it says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. <laughs> Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Can your close friends tell you when you've made a wrong turn, even when it's hard? <laughs> do they have that right? Are they confidential with what you do tell them? Can they keep a secret? And do they frequently pray with you so that both of you can seek the Lord together on an issue? Sometimes we need to give those few trusted friends, the ones who are in our corner, the right to put us in a corner when we need it. We need it sometimes, don't we? And then that leads us to our last point. So when we have the Lord, we have these amazing professionals in our life, and then we have our fellow brothers and sisters, our saints, to help guide us, what is needed to receive counsel? What, what do I do on my end? What do I do on my end? First, I think we need to ask for it. <laughs> we actually have to ask for it. Dang it. <laughs> I don't think our issue today is that we outright reject the counsel we receive. It's that we don't really, we neglect to even ask for it. We just forget to even ask for it. As I mentioned, I think it's because we live in a very individualistic society where we live much of our lives autonomously, where we make many of our own decisions every day. I mean, we can live pretty comfortably without being dependent on many people. Yeah, I mean, it's, for most of us, that's, that's the truth. And, and our world echoes this sentiment. You don't need anybody, right? That's what the world says. 
And you're de- you definitely don't need to be accountable to other people. Why would they have the right to tell you what they would do in this situation? It's your life, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's the world. But Proverbs 12:15 says, "The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice." The wise listen to advice. God wants us to be actually in an interdependent relationship with one another where there is mutual give and take. I love, I love this, this analogy and picture of, of the sequoias. Has anyone ever been out there and seen these amazing trees? They are the biggest trees in the world. Sequoias get up to 300 feet high. The biggest one uh, that they've measured in North, uh, North California is, is over 100 feet around. And they've been there what is speculated to be over 4,000 years. And yet, there is a really strong prevailing ocean wind that should have caused most of these trees to fall, especially because they're just so big. But they stay intact because of their root system. That's What's interesting about it is not just that the roots go really, really deep, but that the real secret is that their roots are intertwined around the roots of the other adjoining trees. So they're all standing together and never alone. And I think that this is a beautiful picture to us of of a believer who seeks the counsel of the saints, you know, well-rooted believers who are tied to each other, admonishing one another, encouraging and building each other up. I think in, in those relationships, there's incredible strength to face whatever we go through in life. When is the last time that you have asked for help? Boy, that's a great question. When's the last time you asked for help? Some, sometimes the first step in realizing that there's, is that there is a problem and being willing to ask for advice. The next thing is that we need to test it. We need to test it. That's the second thing. And in 1 John 4, 1, it says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We need to weigh the counsel we hear. That is incredibly important. Because like I said, we are responsible for the decisions that we make, so we need to test it. Is it in line with the Bible? God is not going to contradict himself. So is it, is it loving? Is it encouraging? Is it strengthening? Is it comforting? Just because somebody volunteers huh, their thoughts and advice <laughs> doesn't mean it's the Lord. Our job is to hold it up to the other advice that we've received, to hold it up to the word of God, to, to check it with our current commitments, to test it with the spirit. And if it doesn't hold up, then Set it aside. Just set it aside and walk along. But when it does hold up, when you start to see it confirmed both in Scripture and with others and in your spirit, the next step and the last step is to listen to it. To listen to it. You know, there's this story. Any here, anyone here love golf? Yeah? I do. Hey, come on. <laughs> anyone here love golf? Well, there's a story of this golf pro and he was hired uh, to give this guy some golf lessons. And he, he wanted to go to the driving range and, and have him help him you know, improve his stroke. And, and so he takes out his woods, and the pro says, okay, so let's you know, see how you do. You know, go ahead and swing a couple times. And, and the pro looks at it, and 
He surmises what needs to be done, and, and he sees the problems, and he attempts to give counsel to correct the problem. And every time the pro said, hey, I see what's wrong with your swing. Here's how to correct it. The guy would interrupt <laughs> with his own version of what the problem was and how to fix it. And so now this you know, only took maybe like a couple times for the pro to stop saying anything and just start agreeing with the guy. And so he starts saying, yeah, you're right. Yeah, just do that. That's good, man. Oh, good, yeah, just, yeah, keep doing that, sure. And at the end, when the lesson was all over, the guy paid him and said, man, you are like the best coach I've ever had. Like, you're awesome. Like, I feel like, yeah, you know? And he walks away, and then this other guy has been watching this thing go down this whole time. And, and he asks the pro, he says, okay, why did you let that guy get away with that? Why did you let him get away with that? I mean, you didn't even help him at all. You didn't help him at all. And the pro said, well, I've learned a long time ago that it's a waste of time to sell answers to a man who only wants to hear echoes. So when you are seeking counsel, you need to ask yourself this question. What kind of counsel do I want? <laughs> do I just want to hear myself talk? Or <laughs> do I actually want the truth? If you receive counsel when it only agrees with you, you are not really receiving counsel. <laughs> That's the point. And to navigate this life with wisdom, we need to not only surround ourselves with wise counsel, but we need to listen to it. For some of you, just to bring it home, you've intentionally pushed people away for this very reason, because you don't want to be corrected. But what if God's best for you is waiting on the other side of a loving friend's counsel or correction? We can insulate ourselves from critique, I know, I'm good at it, but how many, how might God be asking you to grow to invite friends into your life, to lovingly give you feedback. If they're saying, you know, hey, you know, we have concerns about this, this relationship you're in or this guy that you're dating, and, and you bring it before the Lord, and, and you ask him, you say, God, am I missing anything here? Am I, am I not seeing something in, as I'm just kind of being swept into this relationship? I think you've got to be really wary of pushing that kind of counsel aside. Or, or when two or three more people are, are, you know, they say, you know what, you have this gifting. I recognize this gifting in you. I think you should get more training and step out in that gifting. And you're thinking, yeah, no way, I'm doing that. <laughs> Whatever. And maybe, maybe they see something in you that you don't yet see and that you don't yet want to admit. Don't push that aside. Don't push that aside. Or maybe there's a problem with how you're reacting or, or behaving, and they're saying, this needs to be addressed in your life. Do we rationalize it away? <laughs> do we ignore it? Or, or do we take it before the Lord and ask him to show us, Lord, show me what they see. In your grace, would you show me? Because we, we, all, we all have blind spots. See, God, he really did create us to live in this community so that we can live well. And sometimes the closest people to us are the ones that see things that we just don't see. Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to listen? Well, as we have the worship team coming back up here, I just want to say this in closing. Practically speaking, for us here at VCDC, I want to say this. Relationships are built over time. They are built over time, one meal at a time, one conversation at a time. What if you took, out, you took someone out to eat 
or a couple even, who's in a different generational group than you, someone older than you or someone younger than you, and you actually pursue a real life-on-life friendship with someone that you respect here at church. What could, what could happen in your life because of that relationship? Oh my goodness, I can, I can just imagine the kind of fruit that we would see here in our church if we were starting to be a little bit more intentional about meeting people and, and, and growing in friendship and getting to, to know one another better. You know, I think it's always easy to want to go for the shiny people, right? Um, but I would actually really encourage you, usually there are incredible gems sitting right next to you, maybe even in the row you're in tonight. And so I just encourage you, tonight maybe even introduce yourself to someone you don't know, that's in a different, that has a different background than you, or that has a different generation, is in a different generation than you, and start getting to know them. This is part of the beginning stages of inviting wise counsel into your life. Well, let's go ahead and stand, shall we? Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.